There we go. Yeah, you've you've been relieved. I I have not. So you know, we're all we're all we are all cheering for you, Peter. I mean, we're all cheering. For it'll, it'll happen for me someday. Yeah. All right. Give it patience. Gas is patience tricky. is a city in Texas. Not you, you know, gas is is like uh, the film, like the ether as it bubbles up from from beyond, from un- underneath, from under your ego, and then through it, and also of it, and and sideways. Is how it is how it, it at least I wasn't done. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you weren't done. <laughs> and now I'm done. Okay, great. Some movies don't exist, but I don't remember the last time I had fish eyes. <laughs> Did he say that in the movie? I don't know. Are I don't he's eating fish eyes yeah, in, he the is fucking, in, in the he, limo? He does have a good man. I mean, yeah, there we go. Um I, I'm Peter Hunter. And I'm Scott. I'm Des. Well, yeah, let's just go with that for now. Yeah. No, that's fine. fine. Yeah, no, okay. Uh, well, uh, keep, it, keep, it, keep it on first name basis. All right, well. <laughs> we don't have to get that involved. All right, well, Scott with no last name, uh, why don't mm. you tell us a little bit about the film? I didn't even where... introduce myself. <laughs> you, I mean, you... It's true, he didn't. What the hell? I'm Desmond. <laughs> I <laughs> guess that'll do. Okay, that'll do. either Scott with no last name or Desmond with no last name. One of you, let talk about the movie we're talking about today, which is Kazam. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Desmond have the floor. All right, uh, the movie today is Kazam, directed by Paul Michael Glazer uh, of Starsky and Hutch fame. Is, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah no, he, he, is he Starsky or Hutch? I know he's, he's Starsky. One of them. He's definitely Starsky. Yeah. I'm probably the only person born in 1989 who actually has seen that show. The original, like, like, yeah, and but, not the Vince Vaughn other people. No, I've seen that remake thing too. Snoop Dogg is in it. Snoop Dogg is in it. Is Owen Wilson in it? Owen well? Wilson touch. Is Ben Stiller wow. in it? Starsky. I feel like Ben Stiller's in it. He is. He's. I mean, that movie durr. wasn't. That movie wasn't good. I don't think it was that bad. Yeah. But that's beside the point because right. we're not here talking about Starsky. We're not. Much. We could be, but, but we're here. Well, today that is talking a remake. So. Kazam. Uh, what's the year, Peter? Because I'm not looking. At that <laughs> I I, be- I don't have the year down, it but I believe 1996. I think it's 96. Okay, no, it's 95 or 96. Uh, would be my guess. <laughs> it's a movie about a genie who is found by a little boy, and the genie somehow, you know, reassembles the young boy family life. What yeah. more do you have to say about this film? Yeah, it's one of those classic 90s plot lines like you see it in like Angels in the Outfield as well and like Airbud and like things like that. This like one this one magical element is going to going to bring the family back together. The white family. The white family. Yeah, Universally yeah, white family. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it was another 90s child of divorce style movie, but it... it, it Mrs. Doubtfire, it is not. Like many things no. uh, out of Kazam, it didn't, it didn't really make a lot of sense. It was like, mom's like, who you've been growing up with your, your whole life, your dad who left when you were two... Two years old. This is mentioned multiple times in the movie. You don't remember fucking anything when you were two. And you're like, you want to have, like, a partner in your life? Like, he would be clambering for a father figure at that point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like, no, fuck you. I'll find my real dad. Goes down to the record company. Of course, dad's there. Like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm making fucking bootleg CDs. Oh, my don't, God. Don't be like me. Don't be like me. And it's like... What the f*** is this movie? Uh, um, God. It's worth noting, it should have been noted before, uh, the genie is played by Shaquille O'Neal. Oh my God, how do we I, not leave I didn't, I didn't even say that. Um, it's a Shaquille O'Neal vehicle, um, as they do with many sports stars. Not so much anymore, but yeah. back in the day, 
Maybe before the '90s as well. You know, yeah. stick a, a popular sports star in something. We did Space Jam already. You know, you know the yeah, deal. Exactly. Try to make people who don't act professionally act professionally. Um, who play basketball? Who play basketball? <laughs> play so basketball. obviously, you know, there's a there's a huge uh, 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 overlap in in you know mm. talent there. Yeah, man. Um, I just want to touch on something you said, Scott, which I think is the most '90s aspect of this film is that the dad in the whole like evil corrupt racket that the villain is doing is selling bootleg CDs. Right. Like to the point he can run a whole empire around them. Like CDs like cost like in the 90s cost like $10 each. Yeah. How much were you charging for the bootleg <laughs> ones? Like $5 each? It's still it's still you're scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah. but that operation like that's not that big time. No. Like, as far as like crimes and the also, music industry goes. Also which Win- narrow window there. Which police unit is investigating this? Which, what, which <laughs> detective is Losing sleep and ignoring his family to solve the bootleg CD racket. You have like, like Inspector Gadget, like di- Detective Dipshit on the job, <laughs> like for that. Like, yeah, you know, it's, if if anybody, I mean, if you even seen the box for Kazam, you know, it's Shaq. And, like, he's, like, the main selling point, the arm cross, right? And so, he actually ends up becoming somewhat of a side character in the movie. Like, as it goes on, like, the, the it's more about the kid and his weird dad relationship. And yeah. the mom relationship really gets phased out. And oh, it's yeah, like, no. Where uh, are, where, the, the mom's not at all worried, you know, that he's, I mean, you know, it's, it's... God, oh, my God, that ooh. part, there's this part in I think it's like Shaquille O'Neal's like third scene in the movie where like where yeah exactly he's like already (laughs) over and he's like this this 7 foot 4 250 pound like African American man in your house with your child before you wake up and he's like yeah I'm your I'm his tutor I'm his yeah I'm I'm, take a very special interest in in my children and you're like, oh yeah, of course you're such an. I'm making house citizen. calls, you know. Oh my god, I'm, and I'm not to say that it would like, it would be any less suspicious if it was a giant white dude. <laughs> the point it just is, happens that Shaq is massive. <laughs> Shaq is giant. No, he's a massive basketball player. He looks like a basketball player. Yeah. I don't know what schools were like. Maybe then. But I don't remember like just the school having carte blanche to send whoever into your home, right? Without right. the parents' permission. Without the parents' permission. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, exactly. That's definitely super illegal. The parents need uh, you to sign a piece of paper for your kid to go on a one-hour bus ride, like it's it's or to watch an R-rated, a PG-13 movie. <laughs> like this is never going to happen on that side. You like, know, now that I think about it, I think the CD thing is definitely them. Just I'm sure like they want him to be a drug dealer, right? Like, oh. like and it's just like the. It's, like a kid, kids movie, yeah. it's a children's yeah, it's a film, kids so it's film. like, yeah. what crime? You know what? What horrible crime can you give a guy in a, in a kids film other than like maybe stealing stuff, which that is? You, you yeah. can't make him a drug dealer. You definitely can't make him like a, a sex, you know, no. trafficker. Oh God, no! Oh. Which would have been kind of like a cool element to go. <laughs> what? I mean, it would have oh, It would have been more in line with there's a child and there's a shady organization, right. plot wise. I mean, it's not usually something that they go for. Uh, in movies <laughs> but, yeah. I told you don't be like me it's like yeah don't be like your dad to, 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 you know towards the end the, the moral of the story really gets lost it's like wait a minute so something burns down the kid falls out like pushed down an elevator shaft and yes. dies and Shaq brings him back even and, though he's not supposed to he's not supposed to be it's, able to it's but one he, of the genie rules right is not supposed but then he, to but then he becomes a jinn 
yes. instead. Which, anyway. Which is appreciably different, I guess. I guess. Yeah. But, like, so you have to imagine that, like, at some point, like, you know, after Shaq signed on to the thing, it's like, but we get to be doing my rap thing in the movie, right? And it's like, um, uh, uh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, you could just, it just feels like pasted in there, but the whole thing, the whole thing is pasted together. I mean, it's a Swiss cheese written plot, yeah. you know what I mean? God, and like, oh God, the rapping thing, I will say that like, I think this is a bad film. Um, I don't think it's worse than Volcano, um, just in terms of watchability. But I will say, out of any movie we've watched so far, fully knowing what movie we're watching on episode 10, which will be the worst film at that point, um, this is the cringiest, cringiest film. Like, I know Shaq is trying. And, like, look, Shaq, you got paid $7 million to do this movie. Yeah, you ain't I would have taken the $7 million and ran with it. And he's, but he's still trying. And, like, but every time, like, him, like, that bit where he's, like, showering in, like, the living room with mm-hmm. the, sh- like, the old shower curtain Halloween costume yeah, around yeah. him. He's like, <laughs> that sound effect he makes there just, like, sticks in my head so deeply. And you could have just put, like, you could have gotten Mel Blank or, like, a professional voice actor. <laughs> to just make a sound effect and put it in post, but the director and the editor and the like audio mixer were all like, "Yes, this is the take. This is Shaq's take." And then there's oh, God, the rapping scene. There's I think four or five rapping scenes in here. There's the first one in the beginning where it's like a rap battle where he's explaining his history between him and the kid Max, who's played by Francis Capra, but he's not related to Frank Capra. Who? Francis Capra, <laughs> who is a mess now. Is he a mess? Well, now? okay. Oh, I, 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 let me let me rephrase it. He looks like a mess. He's definitely a working actor, but he's I, tattoos all yes, over. Oh I yeah, no. I noticed that. Like he's totally like playing the gangster like thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. On that note, I might blow our listeners' mind here because he's only been in like four things. He was in this. He was in Free Willy Two: The Voyage Home, which is like, oh yeah, that first Free Willy. Um, get the bleep ready. Go fuck yourself. Um, the whale, <laughs> whale needs to be free again. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and then, and then, most oh. famously, he played Weevil on Veronica Mars. And I'm sure there's one of our dozen plus listeners out there who's just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what? this show I watched and then movie I helped kickstart. This the kid from Shazam was in it." <laughs> um, and like I was like reading interviews with him. And I guess he's got a real shaky relationship with his actual father. Like Oof. his father died in jail or oh. something. And like it's just like, oh. shit. I bet you really don't like things about Kazam. Oh, damn. I feel real bad now. Because you're dead. It's not one of those movies you're getting like a oh, check man. every month off of. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I watched it. I remember it being boring. I remember it being on like the Disney Channel or ever, wherever it would have been airing and just like yeah, late, like and late for a kid, you know, nine o'clock. And it's just like, oh, the pancakes are falling out of the sky. And that, oh, my God. That, that break someone's neck. That first, <laughs> that first wish. Oh, my God. What? A stupid kid wait it's the most believable part of the whole movie where this genie appears before you you are a child with a broken home living in a terrible apartment you're a latchkey kid you could wish for so many things to make your life so much more affable and the first thing you do is like yeah I just want an insurmountable amount of expirable junk food it's all like <laughs> Big Macs and fries Ooh. like get some Twinkies and stuff mixed in there something that'll keep for later in the dark times you know what I'm thinking of right now last action hero 
oh, is just be... a better oh. version of Kazam. Hmm. Oh, oh, damn! There might be something to that. Hmm. There is something to that. That might be something worthy of being a piece for our new blog. I think that is. Yeah. dot com slash blog. I'm just thinking you were bringing up like the mom seeing Shaq in the house for the first time. They play that so good in Last Action Hero because when, they address when... all the tropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh my god, yeah, that's a good but, read, Des. Um, they could have done so much more with all of those those the zaniness of like a genie and a kids movie. Like you know, they should have pushed it further. But then it just wanders into this just like like you're saying, it's a boring movie. It's it is just very boring. stale, you I, know. I, like, like, and it's weird that it is. But hey, at least he got to hang out with Shaq. <laughs> Obviously, Robin Williams played a genie before, as we all know. But yeah. it's like you almost like See, it's like you should have a Robin Williams. Playing this genie, like a, or a Jim Carrey, or like there's only, a, there's Jim only Belushi one over Shaq. Well, there's only one Robin. Williams. Yeah, of course there's only one Robin Williams. Yeah, you don't have you a Robin Williams. Like, you have Robin. Well, like, actually a, that Tim and Eric guy. Like, he did actually a pretty good job. I was thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think what Des is saying, you want like a boisterous, like comedian type, like get a Belushi or get like a Kevin James, even would be a better. Yeah, even or like okay, like like Shazam's. I'm sorry. Wow, that's actually another subject. Kazam. Kazam's a black guy, obviously. Like, a black comedian. I don't know. Who's fast talking of that era? Uh, Chris Tucker. Uh, I don't know. Chris uh, Rock. Uh, Chris Rock. Uh, Will Smith. Kind of. Oh, man. the same kind of like. He might have been type. too expensive at that probably. point. Probably. But like, you know what I mean? Like, they probably, they're probably also big enough that they have readers. They have people who would just look at the, at the script for Kazam and go, no. <laughs> oh. No. Oh, man. I've got some... That, no, you're definitely right, but the script makes me think of something. So I did a lot of research into Kazam because, I mean, there's like a lot of like interesting little things about this movie. So the screenwriting team was originally brought together to write the fourth Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles film, which was never made. That's too bad. That was... And apparently they hated each other the entire no, time. Uh, oh, and, in shows. and instead, they took, like, the guy who directed this movie, um, Hutch or Star- uh, Starsky, sorry. Starsky. Yeah, Starsky, um, gave them this story treatment. And they were like, yeah, okay. And then they wrote Kazam. <laughs> <laughs> These two guys who hated each other, who originally were supposed to write the follow-up to Turtles in Time or whatever the third one was called. The one where they time travel. That's the, ja- the one where they go to Japan, And then the guy from Highlander yes, is the villain. Yes, that is the one where they go yeah. to Japan. Yeah, it's actually, cool. it's not called Turtles in Time, but we all that's do it because game. of the video game. But, like, yeah, yeah I, I remember hearing something. Is it the Secret of the Ooze, or is that two? That's, that's number two. Number two is Secret of the Ooze. That's the worst one. Oh, ooh, debatable. Debatable. Let's not delve into Teenage Mutant Turtles. We don't want to. It's touchy territory. You We don't. Okay. We don't want to upset the balance. <laughs> All right. Um, we have much to get into in, for, in the way of prequels, sequels, and remakes. family must be reunited. <laughs> they, must be reuni- they must be reunited. But they weren't even in the end. No, they weren't. His dad walked off with him at the part where he was supposed to die but then didn't die. But, but he shouldn't have been with the dad. He <laughs> should have been with his responsible look, mother and her, and her look, very nice man friend. Men, men can't possibly relate to women, Scott. That's why Wonder Woman was a complete failure at the box office. Mm. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I love Wonder Woman. Anyway. Do do um, you really? I mean, you love. Okay. I think it's pretty good. I'm very happy it was very successful. I I had a good time, but like, it's like, um, uh, I in the same way I have like a good time with like a Fast and Furious thing. Like, it's like, this is bad. David Thewlis at the but, end is Ares, this ah, old okay. British white. Co- I'm sorry, but yeah, like, no, let, let's not delve deeply. I'm into not, that. but like, like I don't know. I I like what it represents. 
yeah. and all that. And oh, I yeah, like no. Gal Gadot, but it's just like, like that Gadot. movie was trash. It was it was just the same like every Marvel movie. Like oh, most of them are just n- mediocre no, was, action films. Uh, all right. Anyways, let's not okay. delve into this. Scott cut almost all of that out. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, now that I said that, you have to do it. That's that's the power. When I talk about like how would they find their way around the ocean without land and like I'm like here's like well the, the stars or the sun and like <laughs> Scott cut that out. <laughs> okay. Don't cut. Okay. Um, we, no. we may we may not. It just depends on time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Future me knows everything. <laughs> okay, and then um, a couple quick Kazam facts before we get into final thoughts. Um, this is the last film this director directed. They note that his one song is Kazam. And um, what a note to go out on because this film cost $20 million to make. I want to note again that Shaq was paid $7 million to star in this film. Um, and it cost eight, and it made $18.9 million. So this was an abject failure. Um, I dragged my father to see this film in theaters, as well as Shaq Steele. Dragged him to both. You helped. You were part of that 18.9. I was part of the I mean, failure. the historic 18.9. Well, we all remember the historic 18.9 and the gold rush when we all... We all walked out with our fathers to, to watch Kazam in the Are we gonna talk about $3.9 million revenue? Are we gonna talk Shazam? Are we gonna tiptoe uh, around that? You, I guess we could discuss Shazam. So Desmond, you are the most well versed in this. Um I considered this for what I was going to base my remake on but I had a heavy inkling just from skimming that it would be something you'd jump on so I didn't Oh, I never want that to be the case. Don't shy away. It's great. (laughs) Me and Scott both did separate movies directed by Wes Anderson. Fair. His turned out great. Fair. Uh, So the gist of the Shazam thing is that the internet basically convinced itself that there was this movie that came up before Kazam that starred Sinbad called Shazam which was the same thing but with Sinbad. Right. Which doesn't exist. Um, and honestly, I'm one of the people who's like, that doesn't exist. That doesn't it's exist. it's Kazam. Like, and it's been found now that the whole deal was there's a picture of Shazam, or I'm sorry, a picture of Sinbad dressed like a genie from oh. him like hosting a Sinbad the Sailor marathon on television. Yeah, over I, re- uh, I remember that. Right, of right. That but happened. I knew it wasn't a movie. It wasn't a movie, no. which, I mean, it's funny. You hear these Mandela effect type things, and it's like, mm, oh, yeah. I mean, no. Could it just That's be great that you're of the remembering effect. it wrong? Yeah, exactly. Who would think thunk that? Who on the internet would admit that, Scott? Well, the answer is no one. That being said, I mean the whole Berenstein stain, you know, oh, Bears man, that, thing. It's that, like that, that messes me up, man. That messes me up. But it's like you know, maybe they just spelled it wrong when they put the label on a couple of the VHS. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I think no. if we're, if we're talking like you know, dimensional like shifts and stuff. Like, I think it just belittles the conversation to, like, rail it into, like, but only pop culture stuff. And yeah. it's like, eh, it would have much more far-reaching implications. And yeah. Right, right. It's funny, and, like, the first time I heard the, that thing, yeah, I, I cracked up. I was like, no, it was definitely Steve, but, you know, it's... I guess it's not. I don't know. <laughs> we were wrong. Would you, we, everybody always said Steen. I think they. I think in the cartoon they say Steen. I think that's it because I remember watching the cartoon more than reading the books. It's I like Steen, Steen, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Um, um, LL Cool J, Alice Cooper. It's just all one right. of those things that, just, <laughs> hey. that you oh, can't God. help but say one another at the oh same time. Oh, my God. Time. Just trying to repair the friendship after this last time. Uh, Des, are you okay? Are you okay? You're you doing fine? I'm doing great, You're, actually. Yeah, okay. Um, well, that's um, good. Um, so, in the spirit of doing fine, uh, Des, um, would you recommend Kazam? No. 
there's no reason as an adult or a child you should watch this movie. It's not fun. It's if you if you really just need your 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 Shaquille O'Neal cinematic fix, go watch Steel. Yeah. At least that's got like, at least it's a mundane, crappy '90s attempt at a superhero movie. Yeah, but but no, this movie's awful. It's near unwatchable. Or I would recommend um, just YouTube search Shaq in a Fool, which is his segment on TNT every Thursday, where he looks at terrible basketball highlights and just like makes fun of people. It's very enjoyable. Highly recommend Shaq in a Fool. Shaq is spelled exactly how you think it is, hmm. and I'm not going to elaborate further than that. All right, my hat is like a Shaq's fin. <laughs> there you go. All right, um, Scott Hantry, would you recommend Kazam? No. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of grown men not very satisfied here. I mean, I had seen it before, and I remember, and I came away from the second time of watching it feeling about the same, if not a little worse for wear. Just in that, I paid attention a bit more this time around, and was just was just further disappointed by. Just, it's not. It's it's no. It's not a good time. Like mm. I I watched this after my girlfriend had gone to bed just because it was like, I mean I'm not gonna. Waste oh, you're much your, nicer than I. Am. Waste your time with this like <laughs> this homework. <laughs> you don't want to watch Kazam. <laughs> so uh, no, I'm a no, uh, Peter. Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, good answer. To be fair, the way I watched this was a version because the. I was going to watch it for the podcast, but then they took it off of Hulu literally the day before I was going to watch it for the podcast. So I had to watch it on YouTube, this really low quality version with subtitles in like Arabic, Scott, because I know you watched it in the same thing. I I switched. I I, I, I watched it like for like 10 minutes like that. I'm like, this is unwatchable. Well, that's how I watched it. Like this is already, (laughs) wow, this already unwatchable movie made like a million times worse and, and so no I eventually found some crappy stream somewhere I, yeah. I will say though I think this film is ultimately harmless because both Shaq's acting career and more surprisingly rap career survived Kazam so if those two not good things could survive Kazam then Kazam was ultimately harmless except yeah. for the 1.1 million dollars they lost um yeah I kind of agree with you yeah yeah alright well you know I think we've covered all of our bases as it is with Kazam where first base is putting on the movie second base is, is unboxing the movie you know what I mean and the third base is like throwing out the movie I was gonna say tongue kissing the, the, the magnetic strip the well, VHS as it well, goes taking off the saran wrap with your teeth yeah well you know that's why I'm here to you know balance I think it's about time we move into the meat of the show not the potatoes there could be potatoes we don't know yet I mean it de- you know, I mean I don't want to presume we have to go we have to be going to a classy restaurant exactly so why don't we start off with our prequel this time as penned by Sil Desmond Desmond ports that's right. me take it away Des. um so I am on prequel detail this week and the title is Kazam the Great tagline at the end of the universe lies the beginning of vengeance Directed by Peter Jackson, Black Screen. A familiar voice of Galadriel narrates. The world is changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Much that once was is lost. For now, none who live remember it. 
It began with the forging of the great lamps. Three were given to the cats, immortal, wisest, and fairest of all beings. Seven to the great dino lords, great miners and craftsmen of the mountain halls. And nine, nine lamps were gifted to the race of men who above all else desire power. But they were, all of them, deceived, for another lamp was made. In the land of Cape Cod... In the fires of Mount Volcano, the Dark Lord Shazam forged in secret a master lamp to control all others. And into this lamp he poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. One lamp to rule all the other lamps. One by one, the lamp masters were imprisoned inside the very treasures they coveted so dearly, cursed with an evil magic. Becoming the first genies. But there were some who resisted. A last stand of men marched oh against God. the armies of Shazam. <laughs> Victory was near, but the power of the lamp could not be undone. It was in this moment, when all hope had faded, that one brave warrior summoned her genie and made a wish. And Shazam, enemy of the free peoples of Middle Cape Cod, was defeated. <laughs> imprisoned in the master lamp. With that, the warrior vanished, never to be seen again. And some things that should not have been forgotten were lost. History became legend. Legend became myth. And for two and a half thousand generations, the master lamp passed out of all knowledge. Until, when chance came, the lamp would ensnare a new owner. And so our story begins. Q main title card. <laughs> and it's it's gotta be the Lord of the Rings music there. Oh, oh really? Really? Which part of that whole thing said Lord of the Rings to anybody here? Okay. I, I was thinking you should have gone with the Princess Bride score. It wasn't it wasn't it, <laughs> How I know you're not gonna put you know, my hat's like a shark's fin in the Actually you should just do that. No. I mean no. I just did. <laughs> Just, said, just like that. All you gotta do is Boom. mention a new song and it's there. Um, it's like uh, uh, a kiss from a rose. Bam, there it is. Yep, now we're listening to Kiss from a Rose. Sorry. Shazam, Shazam the Great with music by Seal. And um, we're gonna and transition here we- back into the Lord of the Rings music. Q main title card Kazam the Great. We pan through the streets of Cape Cod, set to the tune of Arabian Nights. <laughs> we come to a bazaar where young street performer and magician, Kazam the Great, played by Will Smith, Will Smithle, as it's written here, <laughs> <laughs> Perform- uh, Will Smithle, <laughs> performs various tricks and dance moves to an adoring audience. Palace guards watch begrudgingly and become hostile once Kazam pulls one of their wives' panties out of his hat. Ah, <laughs> Peter Jackson. He is then chased away by a group of mean palace guards, played by Ron Perlman, Clancy Brown, and James Remar. All those guys are really similar. Look into it. Uh, Kazam (laughs) sings and evades capture in an Aladdin-type fashion. No duh. The guards begin to swing their skimitars wildly, trying to kill him. He evades the attacks with acrobatic speed until he eventually (laughs) throws down a smoke bomb, seemingly disappearing. The guards walk off defeated as Kazam watches from around the corner laughing. He heads back home and is greeted by his pet monkey, Sykes, played by Chris Kattan. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, 
him doing a voice of a monkey, or he is no, playing the monkey? Him like scaled down in like a monkey costume. Yeah, do you, yeah do you that's, remember that's that, what I was first thought. Do you remember that SNL bit that was just him being tossed an apple and then eating it poorly like a monkey yes. would eat an apple? I don't. That's yes, nice. yes. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think that was his audition tape as well. Was it? Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. All right, then, anyways, let's roll a clip of that, I guess. There's no way to... You can't hear that. It's just Maybe. apple pieces then, flying. Then roll a clip of whatever crappy SNL movie he was in that wasn't... Peter, Peter, I'm gonna be honest, I'm playing the SNL theme. That's it. <laughs> which which season, Scott? Just roll around. B.I. That night, Kazam lays in his bed in his ramshackle rooftop hut, pawing at a ragged genie doll his mother gave him before she died. Street rap, riff rap, you know. <laughs> At that moment, he hears footsteps approaching his tent. Sykes readies his machete, full size, not wee little monkey size, anticipating the palace guards from earlier. At that moment, an elderly man, played by John Leguizamo, enters the tent. Yes. I do not mean you harm, the old man exclaims. <laughs> I come bearing gifts of skirt steak tapas. <laughs> Food, says Shaz Kazam. Kazam. Food, he says. It's gonna be rough. It's like written as Kazam, and I can't. <laughs> the two men begin to eat, throwing scraps at Sykes the monkey, who is doing typical Chris Kattan bullshit. <laughs> Which is funny that I haven't seen that skit, and I wrote that. But anyway, um, don't trust that old man, it's Jafar. <laughs> oh. Anyway, go ahead. I come seeking you, Kazam the Great. I'm looking for an aid on a grand adventure. Oh, so that's it. I'm some kind of adventurer now says Kazam. Your skills are said to be unparalleled. Your speed and agility unmatched. I seek a treasure long thought forgotten in the Cave of Wonders. Oh my god. Help me find it and all the other riches in the cave are yours. Alright ma'am, but uh, you gotta do something about that robe cause like uh, I can't be walking around with you looking hella busted and sh**. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's too good. Uh, Hella but oh my god. <clears throat> the two make the long journey through the hot desert sun until eventually coming to the mouth of the cave. They venture into the belly of the secret treasure trove, admiring the vast riches. They meet a magic carpet, also played by John Leguizamo. Double cast in the same. <laughs> it saves money, Scott. <laughs> I assume. Uh, the man then finds the treasure he seeks. A magic lamp. Yes, I found it. After all this time, screams the old man. He rubs the lamp. Out pops a genie, played by Sinbad. <laughs> Damn it. Sinbad sings and does impressions and a bunch of other obnoxious crap, <laughs> demonstrating his raw power. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. I guess you're some kind of genie, I guess. Says Kazam, unimpressed. Shazam. Hell nah, fool. I ain't some genie. I'm motherfucking Shazam. Oh, oh all right. So you're like uh, the one genie to rule them all? Fuck yeah, bitch. Now free my ass from this lamp before I have an adulterous relationship with your mama. You would like that, wouldn't you? Says the old man, standing up straight now and speaking differently. You must take us for fools, freeing the Dark Lord. Ha! Huh. You can forget about that. Uh, what gives, dude? You ain't no old man, says Kazam. <laughs> Indeed, I am not. The old man then sheds the facade completely. I am Khan, Nunian Singh. So that's it, huh? You're just some great dictator from the eugenics wars of the 1990s? The very same, <laughs> says Khan. <laughs> now, about my wishes. You ain't getting sh yells Shazam. Oh, indeed I am. It's the genie code. 
Otherwise, you cease to exist. Now, for my first wish, there is a certain man I seek revenge on, and I need you to bring him here. Meanwhile, in space... <laughs> oh my god, what the hell? Captain's log, stardate 2259-45. While on a routine loop around Venus, we experienced a flash of energy before disappearing and reappearing in orbit of what appears to be an ancient Earth. Our first officer, Spock, believes we have yet again traveled through a wormhole, but only time will tell. Captain, I've been able to locate the source of the energy that transported us here. It's located in an Earth cave located in the desert. Seems to be some sort of humanoid. Very good, Mr. Spock. Bring them aboard, Scotty. Damn it, Jim. We don't even know who it is. I don't see it wise to travel through time and invite an ancient being on board a Constitution-class vessel. Sometimes you have to take risks, Bones. It's pretty good, Bones. No, you don't. Pretty much every problem we have on this ship comes from beaming someone aboard we shouldn't. Shouldn't you be doing something in sick bay? He never is in sick bay. No, he's never. <laughs> <laughs> the part of Scotty tonight will be portrayed by Hector Barbosa because I can't do a Scottish accent. Aye, Captain. Our energy source incoming. <laughs> Yells Captain Kirk. James T. Kirk, my old friend. Never thought you'd see me again, would you? I marooned you on SETI Alpha 5. Where are we? After you marooned me on SETI Alpha 5, the nearest star went supernova. I was sucked into a black hole. I thought I would be killed for certain, but in the blink of an eye, I wound up here, in the land of Cape Cod, where magic exists. Cape Cod? <laughs> magic? That's ridiculous, says Captain Kirk. Negative, Captain, says Spock. We have met both Satan and God, been to gangster and pilgrim planets, along with travel through time almost annually. Magic would be the logical next step. So what do you want with me, Khan? Are you here to settle a score with your genie? Wish me out of existence? No, James Kirk. You see, I have taken on religion. Here in the land of Cape Cod, we worship the Molten Paw for remembrance of our cat lords. Genie, I wish for a world shaped in the image of our cat ancestors. <laughs> Man, f this! Says Shazam. You do not obey me? F no, I'm the Dark Lord. If anyone is reshaping the world, it's me! Shazam then shoots Khan with a beam of electricity and disintegrates him in the same fashion <laughs> as Captain Tyrell from Wrath of Khan. <laughs> All right, y'all, I'm taking this starship. Says Shazam. Either y'all gonna help me travel back in time before I was imprisoned in this fucking lamp, or I'ma kill all of you. What would a genie want with a starship? <laughs> Says Kirk. <laughs> Kazam then steps in. Oh hell no, nah, I ain't letting some genie f with a space-time continuum. I don't even know where we are, but I know one thing: you is fine. He points to Uhura. You know. I mean, Will Smith. Hey, girl, what, yeah, what exactly. you got going on later? Yeah. Shazam then speaks. Fool! You cannot stop me! It's not over until I say it is over! Shazam then shoots Kazam with a beam of lightning. Kazam does not flinch. His eyes begin to glow, and he gains a bluish hue. It can't be! My long-lost son! 
says Shazam. I never knew my father, but it turned out I was a genie all along, says Kazam. At that moment, a Klingon bird of prey appears, <laughs> containing Shere Khan, Scar, and Dirty Harry. All right. Shere Khan. We come from the future where the molten paw has figured out time travel. We demand the lamp at once. We will reform the world for the order of the cats. That wasn't part of the deal, Khan, says Dirty Harry. I have altered the deal. Pray I do not alter it further. Jesus, the reference. Dirty Harry then pulls out his magnum and shoots Shere Khan. Enraged, Scar turns and shoots Dirty Harry in the chest, only to be shot as Dirty Harry falls to the floor dead. Confused by whatever happened here, Kirk takes the captain's chair. Kazam! I wish for this evil genie to be wiped from existence. Some will remember him, some won't. But he will remain forever gone. Kazam then erases his father Shazam from existence as he spins into a lamp and implodes while cursing. Kirk comes in to congratulate him, but immediately rubs the lamp and traps Kazam inside it. Mr. Spock! What should we do with this? Perhaps we leave it in a construction site in New York City in the 1990s and hope that a young human child will discover it and it will help repair his broken relationship with his father. <laughs> Today has been a weird one, Mr. Spock. The end. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes score, critics 42%. Audiences 78%. This is a TV movie. People cut a little bit of a break. Mm, Budget, $20 million. Expected gross profit, whatever good TV viewership brings in. <laughs> Actual gross profit, $85 million. Tons of DVDs sold, given the cross-franchise appeal. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've got, you cover oh, a lot of bases there. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Starts, starts Lord of the Rings. Starts directly just Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Goes uh, uh, rather quickly to... To Aladdin, and then and then and then just straight to Star Trek, <laughs> which is I would watch the shit out of that. Sounds maybe. like a sweet movie, right? Oh, yeah, I think no. you did That's... a great job of of of, uh, of of making sense of the Mandela facts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. It was oh, an episode God. of Star Trek that we never saw. Sure, yeah. okay. and oh. they're very specific requests that a child find it yeah. at a construction site. You know. <laughs> oh my God! Like, oh, God. you have to be like so many. Stupid ass level. But wasn't the lamp nerdy. a boombox? It was a boombox. But yes. he goes into the boombox like it was it, like a lamp. There's some contrivance for how he got from the lamp into the boombox. But he's initially in the lamp. He is initially in the lamp, but there's a contrivance for how he got from the lamp to the boombox. The boombox is cool. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I might add that the boombox was like a ghetto blaster that plays tapes. But the whole crux of the plot is that his dad's thing is selling counterfeit CDs. Nah, man, it's all it's all magnetic. You know what I mean? It's just how it's records on the ma- magnet, the magnetosphere. Man, it's a gyre. You know, it's just it's coming in and out of every every one of us. It's this this electromagnetic field. You know, the resonance. You know what I'm saying? It's it's there. It's all around you. It's it's, it's part of you. You know what I'm saying? And, and, but great job, Desmond. yeah, no, great, great job. job. Yeah, no, great job. There's a lot of deep cut references, a lot of no. more casual references. Yes, there were. What a cut! 
What is <laughs> what's what's deep deep with a starship? Star That's a deep cut reference, <laughs> damn it. God, what's starship? You don't ask the old Marty what he wants with your starship, Jim. You, you do a really good bones, I will say. I watch a lot of starship. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's like the only show I watch when like the main like serialized dramas are off the air for their year. <laughs> like, yeah, you so, you watch you watch Star Trek the cartoon show even. Which I is, do. Which I is love, unwatchable I like that, I like garbage. That cartoon. What the cartoon's awful. It's, it's not great, but I just like not good. I like any cartoon where they don't bother to. Shade the pupils white, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's just like yeah. the same shade. Yeah, I, would, I love that. I know. would almost rather watch the Mr. T cartoon than that show. Well, actually, Parque no Los That whole thing might make sense, like an animated, like a Hanna Barbera cartoon. Might, I was imagining it, it might, yeah. but it was directed by Peter Jackson, so yeah, there's gonna be I, I just, a lot of weta workshop in there. To so go in line with what I said, it's just like, what were you thinking, Peter? Could have used more Jackson, like Jackson, drawn yes. out giant monster battles, but uh, you know, yeah, no, it was right. Like, Entertaining. I liked how it just was a Star Trek episode. <laughs> I liked that it was a Star Trek yes. episode and not Kazam. That was the part that was the best. Part. <laughs> that was the best part to me. <laughs> no, Will, Will, the Will Smith Kazam part. That's, 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 that's classic. I mean, you yeah. busted ass yeah. genie. Yeah. All right. Well, our prequel is thoroughly, thoroughly settled. It's time to move on to the sequel. Mm. And, uh, the sequel this week is pinned. Oh, Mr. Scott Henshaw. Oh, yes, 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 it is. He's Ringo Starr right now. Oh, uh, yes, well, strap in, gents, because... Uh, He's got an octopus's garden. I'm going to be playing the drums. Just poor, playing poor, the drums. Poorly playing the drums. Sequel! Kazam 2. Legalese. <laughs> Tagline. Legalese it. Tagline 2. Fun! <laughs> oh, jeez. Directed by James Cameron. Ah, God, we're going to have a lot of James Cameron on this podcast. I should really become familiar with more direct. It's what it really is. It's like, uh, yeah, just toss you in there. It's going to be weird either way. Uh, but no, there's some, you'll see. It's New Year's Eve, 2016, in New York. Skrillex has just finished an epic dubstep set when he pauses the music only minutes before midnight. I've been having so much fun DJing for y'all. It's time for you guys all met someone who's really DJing. He's not only an amazing rapper and basketball player, but he's also the tallest genie I've ever met. I'm talking about my boy, Kazam! Kazam. Yes. Shaq walks on stage to an uproar of applause. Great reprisal. After his episode with Max Connor years ago, Kazam is taken to his new freedom of being a genie turned djinn by becoming a touring DJ. He's DJ in. Uh, Kazam then throws down an epic face melting trap set, <laughs> taking several balloons of nitrous on stage. <laughs> oh man, DJ, DJ and Scott, that's a that's um yeah that's a lower or a high. I don't yeah, know what it's it super is. Super clever. Uh, while I'm, <laughs> I'm not willing to go that far yet. While hyperventilating a particularly hefty nitrous balloon, he falls backwards onto the DJ table and brings the entire concert to a halt. In his stupor, he has a vision of music. All the music going bye-bye. I heard a new track. I need to go back, says Kazam. Back where? Back to the past. I need to save music. 
music should be free. I'm the only one who can do it. With that, Kazam presses rewind on his magical boombox and gets involved with a totally groovy time wormhole that brings him back to the year 2001, a space odyssey. <laughs> but really, it's just 2001 without the space odyssey. Yeah. 2001. We, we, got, we got you, buddy. We got you. A hardened and tatted up Max Connor, reprised by a hardened and tatted Francis Capra, oh. exits Juvenile Hall to his gang of punk hooligans, eager for anything to do beyond the mid-90s. He has a plan to follow in his father's footsteps and monopolize the music industry. We'll control all distribution, then jack up the prices of all the CDs. We won't need bootleg CDs because we'll have real things. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, they're in for a rude awakening. That'll show that f***ing genie for walking out on me when I needed him most. Every cent of his rap money will be mine. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Already. <laughs> Good job, Scott. Max. A very mad Max. Strolls into a big recording studio with his gang of thugs. Blowing out his cigarette smoke onto the engineer, he says, You boys are open for business, right? So I'm looking to make a few hits. 2001. Outside a diner in Estonia, lots of electricity lights up the night sky. Revealed as a balled-up naked Kazam in the middle of the parking lot. <laughs> He walks up to the biker outside the diner. I need your basketball shorts for balling, your curly shoes for walking, and your motorcycle and other stuff. That's why I'm talking. Oh, no. Before waiting for an answer, Kazam beats the shit out of the biker and takes his stuff because y'all saw that was going to come to just get to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Efficient. Kazam bikes over to the local Kinko's to make a series of flyers advertising for Programmers Wanted immediately. Kazam spends a few hours waiting by a payphone oh. until finally, there's a hit! <laughs> Max Connor and his hooligan punk friends have occupied the record industry. Max now taking meetings with top record executives. It's really simple. You give us control of all shares on the music industry sales, and you get to live. Simple as that. One of his hooligan friends waves a knife in the executive's face, while another punches him in the stomach. Of course, the executive signs the papers. You'll never get away with this, you douchebag! Max is incensed. Are you calling moi a douchebag? The executive is held down. Let me cut you in on a little deal. Max takes a circular saw made with razor-sharp vinyl records oh. and cuts off the executive's arm. Teach him a lesson, you know? Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> it's a lesson. Holed up in a wayward shack, after several weeks of hard programming work and Kazam looking on over the shoulder or from the couch, finally, their peer-to-peer file-sharing platform is complete. We'll call it Kazaa. It's similar to my name. We'll also include my entire album for fame. <laughs> Says Kazaa. <laughs> Leave it in. Says Kazam in perfect Estonian. Finally, all music will be free. Take it from me. And my former friend won't be able to go through his plan of monopolizing the music industry for profit in the past, which is now, which I have to assume would have already happened in the future I came from where I was successful. But still, I have to assume this is the right thing to do. 
Because time travel and stuff, I know this to be true. And with that, they published their software for the world to use. And also a link to Kazam's whole album for free. Donations suggested. (laughs) The backlash was immediate. Max Connor sent a whole bunch of punks to Estonia to forcibly extradite Kazam. But the damage was done. The world had access to music like never before. 100% illegally. (laughs) Once inside the United States, Kazam was apprehended. When asked if he needed an attorney for legal purposes, he replied, Legal Smeagol, you play me for a fool? I am Kazam. I make my own rules. Little did he know that just so happened to be the slogan for the local bus bench lawyer, Legal Smeagol, as played by Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. (laughs) That's a funny tie-in there. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Will the court please provide the precious for examination? It's really good. (laughs) Mr. Smeagol, for the last time, I'm going to ask you to take a seat and we can start this court case. Nasty tricks and false judges! Mr. Smeagol, if you continue like this, I will hold you in contempt of court. Objection, Your Honor! Sit the fuck down! (laughs) The (laughs) judge... Little monkey, whatever. (laughs) The judge hurls a fish at Smeagol, who hops on top of it and digs in, getting fish guts splattered all over his lawyer suit. (laughs) The court will now proceed with the music industry versus Kazam. All rise. Stay risen. Risen up. Back on the street. Took my time, took my chances. Oh my god. And now, Unrise. The defendant, Kazam, as represented by his lawyer, Legal Smeagol. This is so tasty. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right, right. And the music industry, as represented by thug boss Max Connor, as represented by his lawyer, Colum Gollum. Oh my god. Right. So, the defendant stands accused of larceny in the largest degree or whatever. How do you plead? I plead not guilty, Your Honor, for you see, and that's because all music is born free. Max explodes. That's bullshit, Kazam. What you did was steal. Shaquille O'Neal. Steal. At least I didn't get caught drunk behind the wheel. Kazam is wooing the jury with his catchy rhymes. <laughs> yeah, well, I, neither did I. Not sure what you're implying, Genie. Hold on now, boy. You don't know what year you're in. I'm not just a rapping Genie. I'm also DJing. Kazam does a couple of scratches on a vinyl DJ set. He appeared out of thin air. The judge intervened. That's quite enough of that. Mr. Zam, the allegations you stand accused of are very severe and groundbreaking. I mean, we all remember what happened back when file sharing became a thing and Metallica got all pissed off, which hasn't happened yet. (laughs) But I digress. (laughs) Pardon me, Judge, and I'm hearing you, though. But what if this castle was made out of snow? I'm speaking of the music, the vibes that we have all felt. Trying to own that, you just might as well watch snow melt. The hell is he talking about? Your Honor, this genie deliberately invented software for the process of intellectual property theft. Please, do not let him sway the jury's opinion with this nonsense rhyming couplet talk. The judge bangs the gavel. Mr. Smeagol, do you have anything to say in the defense of your clients? The defense, Your Honor, fans for the defendant. 
Screams Kazam. Smeagol turns on Max. Me? I'm just a crooked label executive. I haven't been convicted of any wrongdoing yet. Oh, really? Kazam holds up a grip of bootleg discs. This man's father made black market CDs. It's like the free throws. I never make these. The jury is cheering now. Your Honor, he's just rhyming again. It's not just my rhymes. Though they're feeling the funk. Watch this vertical genie dunk. Kazam slam dunks into a basketball hoop he made in the courtroom. The judge bangs his gavel. Order, order. I'm speaking to Mr. Smeagol now. <laughs> uh, what is your... What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Smeagol fixes a mean stare on the judge. As played by Franklin from Arrested Development. Oh no. You stole it. You tricked me. And you stole it from me. What on earth are you talking about? Oppressive. This is still oppressive. It's like, are you seriously asking? I don't know. My precious! That's really good. Smeagol makes a dash towards the judge and manages to choke him for a few seconds before being subdued by the bailiff. Court is resumed years later, and a verdict has been reached. <laughs> Mr. Zam, you are hereby found guilty for making pirating software and making music a valueless commodity. I hereby sentence you to life in prison in a genie bottle or something. <laughs> well, that sucks, and I'd love to stay, but I must be a DJ and... So now, I'm on my way. Kazam presses fast forward on his boombox and enters a groovy time portal to the future. He wakes up in the hospital with Skrillex by his side. What happened to music? Is it set free? What on earth has happened to me? Dude, you passed out onto the DJ table and kind of ruined the countdown of 2017. But it's okay, because I've still got two wishes left. And there are a few rogue nations that need an unbridled explosive introduction to democracy. Oh, God. And together we're gonna do amazing things. Oh, my God. I'm just certain as my name is Skrillex. Oh. And your name is Kazam. What the fuck? Smash cut to that Skrillex song. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Got two Lord of the Rings crossovers in one go. <laughs> See, you never know what you're gonna get. Never know. Movie completely unrelated <laughs> to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh man, wow that uh that went some places. Oh um, yeah, hey, I like awesome. I liked the Kazaa Kazam connection. As soon as he was like looking for a programmer, he's like, I feel like I thought for a second he was gonna invent the software Shazam. I was almost certain we were all gonna do that. But, um, well, at least, uh, well, yeah. we don't know. Maybe. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe, maybe. I, yeah. On topic is not my name. Um, yeah, you definitely start out like the typical like twenty years later sequel like. Yeah. yeah, you know. Uh, legal Smeagol. Make him send now. Uh, legal Smeagol. <laughs> it's just patent pending on that, by the way. I'm taking that. Uh, so what, is this, what was the monetary? Does this movie cost? The budget? $4. <laughs> Explain. Elaborate. Most Why? of the movie was cut together using stock footage. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no way that works, but I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, you like? No, you can do it. 
It's gonna uh, be jerky. But <laughs> it, yeah, it's gonna be jerky. <laughs> it's gonna be real jerky. <laughs> Most of that was spent on the stock footage. <laughs> okay. The licensing fees. You gotta get the watermark. Okay. It's, it's clearly <laughs> still, it's cl- still on. It's, cl- <laughs> it's clearly just videos. Oh, yeah, you're going to pay for all of them. It's, it's just you. It. It's just you, Scott, doing these voices and then taking <laughs> videos off of YouTube and then voicing over I can, them. I, we, could do that. I could do that. We're most of the way there now. Rotten Tomatoes score, critic score, twelve percent. Audience score, eleven <laughs> percent. Liked it just a little bit less. You know, Simpatico. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. Now, interestingly enough, critics cited that it tried to be many kinds of a movie at once and failed at all of them, which is startlingly <laughs> accurate to the original movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, much there you on go. point. Yeah. Expected gross profit, $30. <laughs> Actual gross profit, $24. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> just just uh, short of just, expectations. Yeah, uh, you know. Oh, man. Well. Well, there we go. That was that was not a destination. That, that was most was, certainly a journey. <laughs> that was journey. There was no destination. That that didn't end up anywhere. It was that a was long <laughs> and winding road, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it ended up with Skrillex wanting to mess up the world governments. Yeah. Yeah. Like, stranger things have happened. Stran- Sam being like Dr. Seuss. Just the whole thing. Oh, my like God. Rhyming. I, God well, he, up, he basically did that in the movie. He did it for a lot of the movie. He did. There's a lot yeah. of bad nineteen late 1970s, early 1980s grade rap that he was doing. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, we'll be you know, loosely rhymed. Let's loosely, just say. we'll be chilling when you uh, being thrilling. And, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Let's, actually, that's off the cover of Steel. Yeah, let's roll a clip of that terrible rap from the beginning with the kid and Shaq. Bob your head, Max. We were buried to our necks in sand like a sea by the sultan with a sword and a lock and a key. I looked to a bird and he said to me, and when the magic is over, we ain't men. What are we, Max? I can't hear you, Max. I cannot hear you. What are we? I have to imagine, like, because, I mean, you guys didn't really watch basketball at this time period, but Shaq was so good in this time period. And, like, that album he has is terrible. But he was, like, dominating all of these like historically amazing big men like Hakeem Olajuwon and David Robinson these Patrick Ewing these first ballot hall of famers legends and they had to be there and be like ah the guy who made this this terrible rap album <laughs> is just like owning me so badly <laughs> I don't know oh. I kind of I kind of grown to Oh, I've grown. I've grown indeed, I've I've grown to kind of like love these like celebrity vanity projects. They're you know we talked long ago about Bruno. Uh, oh yeah. Oh man. Um um this you know uh, uh, right basketball, ba- basketball players rapping. I recently found out that uh, David Hasselhoff was like in a Jekyll and Hyde musical in like 2004. That only vaguely uh, surprised. Off me. Broadway, it's. Effing horrible! I'm sure. Find clips of it on on YouTube. It's 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 uh, it's bad. Yeah. She made Skrillex sound like such a sex pervert. At the end there. <laughs> His voice, are, from what I remember, is pretty high pitched. He was a bassist in an emo band before yeah. he was Skrillex proper. Yeah. I forget what they're they're called like from first to last or something that generic. God, really? That's... Yeah, yeah. Let's roll a clip of that. All right, let's keep that clip under three seconds because I'm sure it's terrible music. Yeah. 
Um, if that's your thing, you know, we're not uh It was my hating. thing. It was my thing when I was 14 years old. It wasn't my thing, but at any point. <laughs> well, we can't all be cool, fourteen-year-olds. So. I was, I was, I thought I was all the punk clothes. I was hella cool. <laughs> Everybody thought so. <laughs> Everybody thought so. Uh, no one likes to remember fourteen. No, yeah. do they? And if yeah. you do. Man. Yeah, Let I have that go. Yeah, right. yeah, I have a good. Yeah, my uh, my friend Spencer um, always says that you are the worst person you are at thirteen, and then it's all all up from there. Fourteen's right after four, thirteen, so um, it's in a close proxy. Uh, so it's got to be bad. Uh, no, you were you peaked at worseness later. I was worse later, definitely. Ugh. Well, I'm sorry, Des. It's kind of nice. Well, at you're 14. delightful now. Well, thanks. Yeah, you. By, I think you're worse. <laughs> God, 14 versus 17? Like, 17, you actually think you know something, and you're f***ing off school, and just like, I don't know, you're a little bastard. But just 17-year-olds will, like, you know, mess with you. You know, we're like, you know, we're in our late 20s here. It's like a bunch of 17-year-olds would, yeah. like, try to punk you and mess with you just because they're 17-year-olds and don't give a crap. 14-year-olds are still kind of children. They might lay off. I don't I don't know, man. I'm speaking because I just got punked by a bunch of 17-year-olds. Won't go know. into the story. <laughs> Anyway. Really? Uh, You're not going to go into it? Dude, like, like, like oh. that type of, like, really? like, 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 ah, and, like, flinch, and it's like, ah, he flinched, it's just like, I thought you were going to elbow me in the face, <laughs> man. <laughs> you were close to You're it. You're really close to it, but, you know. It that is like, assault. Yeah, it would have been assault, That's but a, it's just like, yeah. it's like, it would have been better. Hey, kid, like, like come on, I ain't some old man. Not that I prefer you do that to an old man, but <laughs> no, like, you know I'm yeah, like a yeah. grown adult. Who do you think you are, man? I could beat you within an inch of your life. I'm except you'd go to jail for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be even worse because he's a minor. minor well, yeah. when he was white, a, you're a major. Oh, he had that stupid hat uh, on, yeah, with true. that little light and the stupid hard hat with the light. The kid did. He was a, he was a minor. He was asking oh. for it. Oh. The kid swinging that pickaxe like he's fucking worth a. Sh- I mean, the was kids that? would wear mining helmets if Pharrell Williams like wore one in a video or something. Yeah, yeah. kids, come on, it's cool. It's clean coal. Coal. Well, you know that was a fantastic sequel to a movie we all love. Uh, yeah. But uh, you got the remake, so how are you going to do it better this week, Peter? Um, it's a uh, um, get ready for your emotions. Mm. Um, wow. title: I am Kazam. Tagline: The wish we want. Is not the wish we know. <laughs> Directed by Aaron Sorkin. Oh. With a special musical score by Ira Glass. Ira Glass! Not Philip Glass! Ira Glass! NPR producer, <laughs> nasally voice having Ira Glass. Alright. Did they do music now? or I mean. You have you had two golems in your movie. It can have Iron Man make the Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, that, yeah, no, no, no. I, I wasn't. <laughs> We're judging. drawn. I'm, I'm not judging. I'm just, I'm I, just, I'm just clarifying. Yeah. I assume he plays accordion in some band. An aging Max, Aaron Paul, returns to his ancestral family home with his husband Timothy, John Leguizamo. It had only been ten days since Max's parents were both killed in a supposedly tragic yachting accident. While clearing out his father's study, Max stumbles upon a vintage neon green ghetto blaster boombox with three words inscribed underneath. I am Kazam. Out of curiosity, Max hits play. 
an upbeat Ravi Shankar number starts playing. The house rumbles through its foundation. Suddenly, a large man appears before Max in a fantastic cloud of smoke. He is dressed in gilded robes and adorned with the finest jewels. He announces himself as Kazam, as portrayed by Craig Robinson, and tells ah. Max that he is a genie. I love Craig Robinson. He's a, he's a charming dude. He's a really talented musician. Anyways, he announces himself as Kazam and tells Max that he is a genie. His father's genie, to be precise. When Kazam asks where Max's father is, he relays the harsh truth to the genie. Kazam is crushed. His father had only used one of his three wishes in his 20 years indentured servitude. If his wishes are never exhausted, he'll be forced to reside forever within that pastel-colored boombox of yours. Choking back tears and not really taking the emotional nor logical amount of time to process the fact that there's a genie in his dad's study, uh, Max says he will follow his father's wishes. Kazam lets him know right off the bat that he can't kill anyone and can't bring anyone back to life. But short of that, he can have any wish his heart desires. Furthermore, since his father is passed on, he will be bestowed three new wishes as opposed to the two remaining of his father. Kazam politely asks him his first wish. Max takes a seat on a worn ottoman and breathes in deep. Suddenly, Max is transported to his honeymoon in Bangladesh with Timothy, his husband. Timothy can't keep his eyes off the historic architecture of Dhaka, the capital city, but Max gently reminds them that they promised to leave their anthropological work at home. This was a time for celebration. Timothy agrees and signals to a man in a food cart, who promptly begins shoveling a vegetarian curry of some sort into a wooden bowl. Out of the corner of his eye, Max sees a child and an adult male getting into an argument. The man grabs a young pup out of the boy's hand. Max asks the boy why the dog was being taken away. The boy says the dog is going to be sold to be used as a fixer in a dog fight, where it will certainly lose. <laughs> yeah, it's in the streets of Bangladesh, boys. It's not, it's not great. Um, he says they desperately need the money for food. Heartbroken, Max chases down the man and gives him all the money in his wallet in exchange for the dog, which he returns to the joyous boy. Max turns around to see Tim divvying up their curry to a gaunt family laying prone in the street. A single tear rolls down his cheek. Back in present day, Max looks to Kazam and tells him, For my first wish, I want junk food to rain from the sky. With a flick of his wrist, Kazam whispers, It's done. Throughout the world, Malamars, Big Macs, Snickers, Scotch Eggs, and Funyuns rain down on the unsuspecting populace below, summarily ending world hunger, but not world malnutrition, <laughs> as well as displaying countless numbers of land mammals. Kazam asks Max what he desires for his second wish. It'll be a fucking vocal exercise. Kazam mm. asks Max. Asks masks. Asks asks Max. Alice Cooper. Asks Max. Yeah. See. Yeah. See. See. It's, it's easy to do. <clears throat> Max leans back. Suddenly, he remembers eighth grade. It could have been any day in spring, but on this particular day, a squad of bullies cut off Max on his way home and were beating him furiously. The group was convinced it was Max who had ratted them out over selling counterfeit copies of Soul Plane at lunchtime, even though he swears he didn't do it. From behind his back, the lead bully pulls out a butterfly knife and does that totally cool thing where he like flips it back and forth and like basically that's how you open a butterfly knife. There's like no other way to do it. Yeah, it's badass. Yeah, it's butterfly knives are cool, flipping around. That's really the only reason to have a butterfly knife because it doesn't really make sense to have it otherwise. You have a 
perfectly good knife. Yeah, just that's just ready and not. You gotta perform a magic trick to stab anything. Uh, Max struggles, but knows it's ultimately futile. But suddenly, a middle-aged man starts screaming at the boys from a nearby parking lot. It's Max's dad, now played by Kevin Costner with CGI facial hair. All the bullies scramble except for the lead one, who trips and falls on his butterfly knife, deeply piercing his left leg. Kevin Costner dad asks Max if he's alright, and then goes to tend to the bully. The bully tells Kevin Costner that his father was recently killed in the Iraq war, and that is why he's resorted to selling counterfeit copies of Soul Plane at lunch. Cool. Yeah, there's some parts of the world where they don't even celebrate Christmas. <laughs> Kevin Costner tells the boy, If you build it, they will come. The boy immediately starts crying as the two embrace. Hey, he's embracing the bully? Yes, <laughs> he's embracing the bully. It was a deep moment. His dad died in Iraq, Scott. I know, but he's not embracing his son? No. Okay, just making that clear. <laughs> There's a lot of fans out there in Water World. Swing boat. <laughs> One man can make a difference. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I'm so f- No, it's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> For my second wish, Max says, now back in present day, I wish the Iraq War never happened. With a flick of his wrist, Craig Robinson Kazam undoes the tarnished legacy of the Bush years. While ultimately, everyone who died in the Iraq War ended up dying in a variety of different circumstances, as per genie rule number one, where he, you know, can't not, you know, save a life, but the state of affairs in the Middle East were a lot less bad, and several terrible films were never made, including Last Downs of Kirch. <laughs> oh, good, good. That's the world we want to live. I love my country. I love being free. Kazam, I know what I want for my final wish. Max stares up into the cool eyes of the jinn standing before him. I want to see how my father died. Kazam is cold. Max, you remember that you can't stop him from dying. Max nods his head. I know, but he would be there for me. Kazam waves his hand, and the two are transported to a picturesque cornfield. Max and his father, still Kevin Costner, but in a CGI hairpiece and CGI overalls this time, <laughs> are playing aggressive tackle football. Max couldn't be older than five. I don't understand, Kazam. Keep watching. Max and his father continue to tussle, laughing gleefully. Kevin Costner covers his eyes. All right, Maxie boy, give me your best shot. Okay, Dad, here I come. Max charges into his father's chest. He and Kevin Costner tumble together, laughing all the while. The sun starts to set in what we can only assume is the Kentucky sky, you know, cornfields. Uh, <clears throat> Kazam leans toward Max. During that last tackle, you slightly dislodged a valve in your father's heart. From that second on, he could have passed away at any moment, just like he did when he was driving that yacht with your mother. Max holds back tears. So you're telling me that my father was a second away from death for almost my entire life? Kazam leans in close. Yes, but that's true for every father. The two keep watching as father and son give up on their game and lean against the soft earth. Son, said the father to his, well, son. <laughs> yeah, Dad? No matter where you end up in life, I just want you to remember two things. One, always be better than your old man. <laughs> oh, Dad, how am I supposed to do that? Believe me, 
It'll be easier than you think. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. Next, I had and the two laugh exuberantly, but (laughs) you guys did it for me. You you got it. And number two, I want you to wish the best for everyone. The boldest and the bravest of us all all started out as a wish somewhere deep in someone's heart. Okay, Dad, I wish we could get some ice cream. <laughs> Wait, no! <laughs> Your heart! It's just gonna clog the arteries, Dad! Kevin Costner laughs. You know what, my boy? That's a wish I might be able to grant. The two get up hand in hand and walk off into the sunset. Kazam and Max watch as the scene dissipates around them. When Max opens his eyes, he's back in his father's study. The ghetto blaster is still in front of him. He picks it up to check, but the inscription is now gone. Timothy knocks on the door jam. Hey, sweetie, do you need any help in here? Max pulls his husband close and kisses him deeply. You're all I could ever wish for. Wish You Were Here by Incubus starts playing. Roll credits. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, it seems like you, you know, for as much as you seem to be sick of K-Cost... Seemed pretty happy to bring him up again this week. I mean, I just wanted like a douchey dad character, and I was like, if I just make him Kevin Costner, you know, then I've already got, I've done most of the work, really. Yeah, he jo- joins the ranks of Jay Tolte and <laughs> Jay good, Tolte, good, good old Jay Leg Legwiza, Legwiza, Leg Johnny Leg, Johnny Leg, Johnny Legs. Yeah, he's, she, he's yeah. the but he's the husband in this one. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's the cradle robber in this one. Um, much much older than Aaron Paul. Like you got that corny dialogue. Like, oh yeah, like, no. Oh, that's man. a wish I can grant. I mean, like I can't. Like I do not like Aaron Sorkin films. I'm not a fan of his in the slightest. Uh, jog, I, my, jog my memory. Um, he wrote uh, the social he wrote the network. Social Network. He also produced the Newsroom, which is like the most Aaron Sorkin thing. Oh no, the West Wing. Ooh. He wrote and produced the West Wing, which is, is the most Aaron Sorkin thing he ever made. Is Newsroom um, the Jeff oh. Daniels show? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's the most pretentious, blowhard piece of crap. Uh, okay. I, I don't. I don't like suit, it. Doesn't suit my taste. It's probably I, someone's thing. But yeah. I. Okay. I don't like it. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um. So that's why there was a whole Iraq War not happening thing. There's a little Aaron Sorkin jab there. Um. I mean, it, no, that, that would be a good, good world to live <laughs> I in. I mean, uh, yeah. But then again, still like, going, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it is. Uh, uh, so, anyways, budget thirty-five million dollars. <laughs> Rotten Tomato score: critics seventy-eight percent, audience one hundred and three percent. A computer hmm. error allowed this to happen. Uh, damn computers! <laughs> Expected gross profit one hundred and fifty million dollars. Actual gross profit four hundred and twenty million dollars. But yeah, I, I told you this is weird, man. Well, I, wrote a, yeah. I wrote a weird thing just now. That was a weird thing. <laughs> no, I don't think it was. It was, it was pretty weird, man. <laughs> when you say weird, you build it up in a different way than that. That I mean, was that wished, was very. He wished the Iraq like War away. <laughs> look at you're talking here. Yeah, but everybody still had to die. Right. Made it that much better. Just less malice involved, I guess. But you definitely adapted a style. You, 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 you. you. Uh, I just. How do you remake Kazam? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I'm not gonna, this I'm not, way. Apparently, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, yeah. it's not a movie. Hey, of all them, could be, I wouldn't have expected it. So you definitely I pulled that one out. The I frequently say it's like if you're gonna remake something, remake something that didn't get it right the first time. But I mean, some shit just deserves to be left in the dust. Like oh yeah, Kazam is one of them. One um, of those, definitely. And the go the genie dust. The genie yeah. dust, right. The, 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 the magic dust. Um, you know what I would have liked to see in all of ours that didn't show up was the I dream a genie. You know what I mean? There's not even a mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the song. What? But you can see the later one. Yeah, I mean, hearing the word ghetto blaster said over and over I mean, never yeah, I, sounds I'm good. Pr I'm pretty sure <laughs> no. that was the type of no, it is. It, it absolutely so, yeah. is. You're not. You're. You're right. But it just you, every time you hear it, like, I think there's a James Bond movie where where Q is like, God, my newest invention. It's like a boombox. And it's a rocket launcher. Oh inside. my god! I think it's old Q, and he's just like, "It's the Ghetto Blaster." Seven, uh, seven. Oh that's my, my lunch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my god. lunch. All right. Well, um, if you liked what you heard today, um, you can go to prequelsequelremake.com/slash/subscribe, um, and you can subscribe to the show on any of your preferred uh, podcast networks. We're adding new ones all the time. Mm. We're currently on four. About to be on a fifth one. Hopefully on a sixth one soon. So, you know, iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, um, Player.fm. I'm forgetting. An oh, Anchor. There we go. Anchor is the other one there. Um, and, uh, you know, you can follow us on social media. We're Twitter at PreSequelCast, Facebook.com slash PrequelSequelRemake. Um, Check out our blog, follow new articles. Um, just go to prequel, sequel, remake, all one word, .com. Google prequel, sequel, remake, all one word. And you can find us on that Insta. Yes, Instagram too. Um, yeah. At prequel, sequel, remake. It's filling out. It is. We're filling out. Lots of likes and followers. So, you know, Soon. be a like and follower <laughs> of the future. We, 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 we like that. Should we take him out with the, uh, you know, festive prequel, sequel, remake gargle? Yeah, yeah grab, grab the yeah. liquid nearest to you and give it a good gargle. Yeah. Uh, next time on Prequel Sequel Remake, will these fine young gentlemen be making different movie episodes to... One of these movies! Will it be Shark Tale? Or will it be Crawl? What about Spice World? Spice up your life! I'll tell you what I want. What, what you I really, really, really want? want? Yes, I'll tell you what I want. What you really, really want? I wanna. What? I wanna. Huh. I wanna. Hmm. I really, really, really wanna. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Zig a zig. My name is Kazam, I got the whole plan. Is that the whole deal? <laughs>